Joining me for today's interview is Ed Oslander. With me is Bill Belgard. Ed Oslander served as Chief Executive Officer and Board Director of Lord Corporation, a privately held global innovation and manufacturing company with 3,000 employees in 26 countries. Ed Oslander led an enterprise-wide cultural transformation known as Lord Summits, resulting in Lord achieving a $1 billion in revenue in 2018. Lord Summits focused on developing growth levers and the transformation of the company culture. The work positioned Lord to be sold to Parker Hannafin Corporation for $3.675 billion in 2019, unlocking significant value. Ed is active in the aerospace industry, most recently having served on the Aerospace Industries Association Executive Committee and the Board of Trustees of the Naval Aviation Museum Foundation. Ed currently serves as a senior advisor for Blackstone's private equity group. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Ed, I uh, wanted to begin with kind of looking at the Lord situation. Going back to 2016, what was sort of facing Lord at that time? And why did you uh, believe that some kind of a significant change was going to be important for the company? Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to uh, you know, focus in on 2016. I'll go uh, back a little bit in time when I started as CEO in 2013. Uh, soon after uh, starting as CEO, I went around and visited all of the Lord locations in the world, talked to a lot of the Lord folks, uh, talked to a lot of our customers, a lot of our suppliers, a lot of our partners, and did that throughout the world. And very uh, quickly learned uh, that the world was slowing down or was going to slow down. Uh, emerging market growth was going to slow down. Uh, oil and gas slowed down in uh, 14, 15, 16. That was, we didn't predict that, but that was indicative of what we were expecting. Uh, currencies shifted. Uh, the dollar became a lot stronger uh, during that time frame, all with manufacturing and industry slowing down. So it was really clear early on we had to change our strategy. Uh, prior to 2013, we were very much an inwardly focused company, uh, focusing on process improvements, uh, which we really needed to do to optimize our, our cost structure. And we had a very good foundation. Uh, but we weren't focusing uh, too much externally, focusing on uh, growing the company. So we shifted our strategy to start heading towards a, a market-focused organization. Uh, and we uh, developed 18 growth initiatives. Uh, we ran it like a portfolio. We invested in some. We took uh, funding away from some over time. Uh, but we invested in 18 growth initiatives. Most of them were adjacency plays, uh, going from our strong foundation to uh, something further. Uh, we also focused on efficiency and effectiveness, uh, better use, utilizing our cash and our investment uh, to drive growth. Uh, but going now, now we're going into 2016, and uh, we're, still, we're still struggling for top-line growth. We did a lot of uh, very good investment on those 18 growth initiatives, uh, but we were still struggling to see top-line growth. Uh, we actually uh, gained about $100 million, uh, in revenue from those growth initiatives, but it wasn't overcoming uh, the weaknesses in emerging markets, oil and gas, and some industrial markets. So we just weren't getting it done. 
Uh, and the board uh, really focused on becoming a $1 billion revenue company. Uh, and we needed to change. Uh, so there was a lot of discussion between myself and the board uh, about changing and about the need to change to really drive that growth forward. Uh, and I realized uh, during that year, an incremental approach was not going to be good enough. We really needed to do a whole enterprise transformation uh, to develop the right approach and then to have a vehicle to implement it. Uh, talking with one of our board directors, Pat Finneran, uh, he re recommended I connect with Bill Belgard and Steve Rayner. Uh, he's worked with them in the past and thought they might be able to pro provide some help to Lord Corporation uh, and me. Uh, their book, Shaping the Future, uh, was perfect. Uh, I read it. It really resonated with me. Uh, it's all about painting uh, the future vision uh, and then implementing the steps to get there. So it's a very uh, nice way that Lord thinks too uh, about planning and implementing uh, change. So we hired we hired Bill and Steve to help uh, help put this plan together. We called it Project Mercury. Uh, as we launched it at the end of 2016, the beginning of 2017, we branded it as Lord Summits, uh, and that was a really critical. Um, critical step that we took, uh, that meant that it was, it was Lord and, uh, and we owned it going forward. Well, we were wondering who bought that other, that other book besides our mom. So. <laughs> now you know it was me. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we were wondering. I was really, really, really glad. Hang on to it. They're not yeah, but the whole, the whole leadership team read the book and, um, and, and I got a lot of great feedback on it. it was a perfect match for Lord. Good. Good. In terms of the sequence of key events, uh, Ed, um, how would you characterize those in terms of, you know, you're in 2016, you've got these growth initiatives that you've seen some success with, but you want to now take it to the next level. What was sort of the key events as you look back that begin to unleash, you know, the momentum and get people focused on this big change? Yeah, that's a good uh, a good point. There were there were lots of things that happened along the way uh, that were really important to the success of Lord Summits and the success of Lord. First of all, a little bit on the the model we put together, and then I'll talk a little bit about some some stories that really helped play into it. Uh, the model uh, was very much much focused on leadership. Uh, leadership driving culture, uh, the strategy, and growth levers. Our goal was to drive forward to sustain profitable growth, to be a billion-dollar company in 2019. The strategy, uh, in addition to the adjacency growth initiatives that I talked about, uh, we implemented uh, growth levers, and those growth levers uh, very much focused on commercial excellence, on operational excellence, global collaboration, in market and customer-focused innovation, and our M&A strategy. And those growth levers, we developed teams for all of those, and that engaged a large part of the leadership of Lord Corporation. But what we also realized through the process uh, with Project Mercury and Shaping the Future 
uh, is that we really needed a cultural shift that augmented the strategy. The Lord always had a great uh, innovation culture and and a teamwork uh, culture. Uh, but what did we need to do to change the culture to help drive the strategy towards sustained profitable growth? Uh, and we thought about this quite a bit and we came up with six uh, cultural elements that we wanted to emphasize. The first one was speed, focus, empowerment, customer intimacy, collaboration, and execution. And by focusing on the leadership that owns the culture of the company, focusing on those elements can augment the strategy and drive the company forward. And there's always this big debate between strategy and culture. Uh, my view is you need both, uh, but, but having the right culture with the right strategy uh, can make whatever you're doing uh, more sustaining and long-lasting uh, than just one or the other. Uh, and the culture is so critical to, to having the company run in the right direction. The, um, and, and so uh, with, with the model in place, uh, we drove the company forward. We also realized as part of this launch uh, that we needed a leadership academy. Uh, we put a leadership academy in place uh, to uh, focus all of the Lord leaders and eventually the whole company uh, into this pathway of Lord summits, always striving for the next summit uh, and emphasizing the culture, also focusing on all the other leadership aspects of the company from succession planning uh, to uh, diversity and inclusion to you know, leadership development from day one. Uh, and the Leadership Academy uh, really was born out of uh, Steve Rayner's uh, vision for that. Uh, and we were able to Im implement it at the right scale for Lord. after benchmarking a lot of other companies uh, came, came with the right approach for Lord, And that was another uh, critical element of the path forward uh, is that coming off of the consulting agreement uh, with Bill and Steve, uh, we hired Steve full time. Uh, to help us through the Lord Summit's process, uh, run the Leadership Academy, and help develop the culture. Uh, another, and, and what also came out of the, the Leadership Academy was an emphasis on high-performance teams. Uh, really developed, starting, we launched that in a number of uh, areas, uh, and those high-performance teams uh, really helped push the company forward along the cultural elements with speed and focus and customer intimacy and empowering the team and collaborating and then executing these. Um, it was really a big uh, factor to help, again, engage more and more people. Uh, we implemented a communication strategy. Uh, we hired an outside expert, uh, Melissa yeah. Boucher, to help us with communication strategy inside and outside all aligned with the cultural transformation that we wanted to, to take place. Uh, as we went, as we started uh, 2017, uh, we went on a roadshow around the world uh, to launch Lord Summits. Uh, all the officers uh, went on that roadshow. 
And for my uh, launches, uh, my uh, site visits and discussions, I brought along General Amos, our chairman of the board, uh, former commandant of the Marine Corps. And uh, we started in Asia and went around Asia, uh, launching Lord Summits to everybody. And uh, then we went to Europe. And uh, we, uh, our European headquarters uh, was in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, and we gave a presentation there. And so this is probably the fifth, fifth presentation that we're giving. And, uh, and all the discussions are going great. They're fantastic. Uh, but General Amos is uh, getting a little frustrated uh, with uh, my, my presentation uh, where I say we're focusing on being a $1 billion company by 2019. Uh, and then in Geneva, he goes, or sooner. And, uh, and everybody, you know, everybody in Geneva just loved that. Uh, so then we went to the round of the rest of Europe, and I go, we're going to be a billion-dollar company by 2019. And General Amos goes, or sooner. And uh, after, that, after that visit to Europe, uh, every time somebody at Lord Corporation – uh, set a, a commitment date, timing, everybody would say, or sooner. <laughs> and that became something within the Lord framework that we were able to emphasize speed uh, just about every single day. At every cool. meeting, there was a deadline, everybody would say, or sooner. Uh, and that became our mantra of how we wanted to go forward. It became a cultural artifact then. Right? Yeah, a cultural artifact. And there are many of those cultural artifacts, little stories uh, that helped along the way, along the way uh, for focus. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, we had 18 initiative growth initiatives. Eventually, we whittled that down to seven. Again, more focus. Uh, but we had this big uh, meeting scheduled at our headquarters, there's a four four hour plus meeting, maybe a whole day meeting, uh, and we start off. We review our number one priority, and then I left, and I didn't come back. And everybody soon got the message to focus on the top priorities. You mean you, you left the meeting, or I left the meeting and never came back to it. Wow. Because that's all I cared about was our number one priority. Yeah. Uh, but then also connected to empowerment. Yep. They carried uh, on. Right? I don't need to be involved in the other items as CEO. Uh, prior to prior to Lord Summits, I was acting more like a COO. And after Lord Summits, focusing on empowerment and faster decision making, I was acting more like a CEO. Uh, and and delegated a lot of the decision making. Uh, we totally, re with the help of Steve Rayner, we totally revised our staff meetings. Uh, with our staff meetings, we would have our uh, business directors come to those very often, make presentations so that we can make decisions. And uh, we eliminated all those. And so those are up to the directors to make decisions, uh, company directors to make decisions. and. The officers don't need to be involved in that. And so totally empowering the team 
uh, to execute. Uh, we did a lot of focus on uh, execution, developing a performance culture, uh, collaborations. Uh, customer in intimacy was probably our, our uh, other than speed, was our biggest emphasis. Uh, switching to uh, focus on the customer. Uh, the Lord Technology team uh, developed a contest and people would get rewarded uh, for those that spent the most time with customers. Uh, meaningful meetings with customers, visits, uh, and they would get rewarded for doing the most of that. All to emphasize that this is really important to connect with the customers. Uh, we had some, over time, we had some businesses. Uh, there's an industry metric called Net Promoter Score. Uh, we had, you know, if, you, if you're between zero and 15, 20, 30, it's really good. Anything above zero is good. Uh, 40 to 60 is great, uh, focusing on the customer. And we had businesses over 70. We had our oil and gas business was over 90 for Net Promoter Score. Um, so you can see how things evolved, took shape. Our uh, high-performance teams uh, did an amazing job. Uh, thermal, our thermal management team focused on electric vehicles. Uh, we utilized that team to help drive Lord forward along this cultural shift. Uh, they were focused. Uh, they were fast. They were empowered. Uh, they were intimate with the customers. Uh, they collaborated and they executed and they won. And a lot of uh, Lord folks wanted to emulate what they were doing. Uh, our oil and gas team was another great example. Uh, they accepted a project from a customer uh, where they compressed the schedule from over 52 weeks. Uh, they took the contract at 26 weeks for a bearing that the whole industry said could never be done. <laughs> and they did it sooner. In 24 weeks, they delivered the bearing that worked right the first time. Uh, you can see many, many, uh, many, many examples. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a couple more uh, that I think are really important. One was the... Um, I, I heard there was a problem with the oil and gas team uh, where they were having they were having a lot of success. Uh, they were switching to more of a service model, and they needed a a truck, the rigs, and provide the service that they needed. Uh, they were running into a lot of red tape on uh, getting that truck, uh, so I bought the truck and delivered it to our Lord facility in Houston uh, unannounced. And that was a, a great step forward for uh, focusing on the customer, uh, empowering the team, and showing to the Lord leadership how I wanted things to change. I remember that you just drove up in the truck and we went inside, right? That's it. Just drove left up in the for truck. <laughs> That's great. Some of the yes. folks there thought it was a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, by the way, this is for you? <laughs> yeah, this is for you. That's great, man. And maybe a couple stories uh, with uh, Steve and Bill. Uh, when we launched Lord Summits, uh, Bill, Bill and Steve, 
uh, went up to me and said, hey, Ed, you know, in six months, you're going to want to to reorganize uh, the company. You're, you're going to learn things. And I said, no, no, things are good. I'm not, I don't think we're going to need to do that. And uh, sure enough, by the, by the end of the summer, uh, that first year we launched, uh, I knew we needed to, to change. I knew we needed to reorganize. And, um, and what was going on was as we were doing the Leadership Academy uh, and we were engaging everybody, it was very clear uh, that some, some folks were uh, on board with all of the changes and where we wanted to go, and, and some folks, folks weren't. Uh, and the Leadership Academy was a great way to really bring that to the forefront. And then also, I, ha- I was starting to have some ideas about uh, the path forward that I wanted us to take. And I went up to Steve Rayner and I said, Steve, who, who makes the decisions related to uh, how we invest? Who makes those decisions? Uh, is it the businesses? Is it technology? So forth. And Steve had a, the perfect answer. He, he, he answered me with a question and he goes, who controls the money? And so it's very clear uh, where decisions were getting made and how it was counter uh, to how we wanted to move forward. And so we, from learning all of that through the Lord Leadership Academy and thinking about alignment to the strategy, to the culture, uh, it was very clear that we needed to make a uh, organizational change. Uh, which we did later in that year, the end of October, November, where we aligned completely to be a market-facing organization, uh, emphasizing dynamic systems and performance materials, and putting our leadership in the right seats to drive the company forward. Uh, We eliminated three out of 11 officer roles in doing that. Uh, we eliminated 44 out of 55 uh, roles, uh, which were management. After that point, we had an organization that was completely focused on Lord Summits. And uh, it was a very smooth path from that day forward. One of the things uh, I want to just uh, state for the record is that you were able to actually achieve a billion dollars in sales Sooner than 2019, it occurred in 2000, <laughs> 2018, a full year ahead of schedule. I remember very clearly every presentation that you gave ended with and sooner yeah. uh, or sooner, every, or every sooner. single one. It was just part yeah. of the, the culture of the organization. Speaking of the culture, at what point did you really feel that the Lord culture was different? It had changed. Where, what was sort of the thing that you saw that made you believe that, wow, we're this is really getting traction and we're really uh, seeing some differences now. Uh, For me, it occurred very soon. Um, Very soon after we launched Lord Summits, Lord Summits was a, a a first critical uh, item that I saw. Uh, It was rebranding that to where we own it. It's ours. This is what we think of it. And we're going to reach summit after summit after summit. Uh, so right away, I could see that. 
the Lord leaders through the Leadership Academy uh, were talking uh, in, let's say, Lord Summit's talk, uh, emphasizing the cultural elements. Uh, our leader in Asia Pacific, Eric McAllister, uh, converted the whole region uh, to be aligned to Lord Summits. Uh, everything they engaged with, everything they did, it happened very, very quickly. The, the, the stories that I mentioned uh, were all bright spots uh, in seeing this go forward. It was, um, yeah, it was um, very clear from the beginning. Uh, but it didn't really take hold until we made the, the organizational change uh, because we still had a lot of people going in, in different directions or were resisting uh, the change, hanging on to leadership or hanging on to decision-making versus empowering uh, the team. Uh, after the reorg, uh, it really smoothed out. Uh, decisions were not bubbling up. Uh, in the organization, they were being made by the high performance teams. And you had a lot of uh, Lord leaders clearing the path uh, to enable the, the team to do that. And it just kept building momentum, building momentum. Uh, we were seeing success in our, in our growth initiative. Uh, in 2017, we grew 10%. Uh, in 2018, we grew another 10%. Uh, one thing that was really cool uh, about that was at the board meeting in December of 2018, uh, I instructed my team um, to interrupt the meeting uh, when the sales department or the, the sales team uh, said that we were able to cross $1 billion in sales because I knew it was going to happen right around the board meeting. It actually happened. Uh, the day of the official board meeting, and around 11 o'clock uh, a.m., uh, General Amos is giving a motivational speech to the officer team and the rest of the board, and it's an, it was an amazing uh, speech, <laughs> motivational, and right in the middle of it, he gets interrupted to, uh, to announce that Lord became a $1 billion revenue company. So it was a great, great timing, great thing to do. Uh, we were able to celebrate uh, that success, that goal. And you're right, we finished it a year earlier. You know, we started off Project Mercury with Bill and Steve, and their typical approach is a five-year plan. And right about, you know, a few, couple of weeks before we're ready to launch it, I go up to Bill and Steve, and I go, no, it's not going to be five years. It's going to be three years. And uh, we scramble around and we fit it into three years. Uh, and then we achieve our goals in two years. So it's a really amazing uh, story for the, the Lord leadership, the, the whole Lord team. Uh, so proud of all of them for being able to uh, really focus on this cultural transformation uh, and really see it forward to, to that success. You, you mentioned uh, the uh, achievement of the 10% uh, growth rate in 2017 and 2018. Yeah. Uh, hit a billion dollars in sales, which was uh, very significant. What were some other uh, metrics, key indicators that the company was able to achieve? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll say a few of them. Um, another big one off of the revenue uh, growth is we grew profit by 70% in two years. Uh, we improved our return on net capital by 50% over that time frame. Our uh, portfolio of opportunities was the largest level it's ever been, and it, and it was accelerating. We we had more capacity uh, to do to do the work to do the work because we were more efficient and effective. Our uh, safety incident rate uh, was uh, re- was reduced by sixty percent, uh, which was you know unheard of. I told you some of the net promoter scores with our. Uh, emphasis on customers. You know, some of these customers, I won't name names, but uh, some of these customers didn't even want to talk to us uh, when we started in 2013. And then fast forward to uh, 2018, and one, and uh, we win our largest program in our history with one of them. We were a totally different company uh, in 2018. Some of the uh, you know roles that you you had to play a central role in all this and and were intimately involved in getting the Lord Summits off and running and and going. As you sort of look back and reflect, how do you see the role you played and the role that your executive team played in helping support this whole change? How critical was their role and what kinds of things did they do to actually demonstrate their support? Yeah, it was obviously absolutely critical with the role that I was in, uh, CEO of the company, uh, you're always in the future. Uh, And and one of the things you're doing is trying to pull the team forward into that future too. Uh, And so I could see shaping the future and where we wanted to go. Uh, But my role then was trying to, to pull everybody into the future, let's say with me or, or towards that goal. Um, so initially I was the, the role to get it started, uh, to launch Project Mercury, uh, hire Bill and Steve to help us through that, uh, guide us to our future vision, uh, get the ball rolling. Uh, and then it's really clear from a leadership standpoint uh, that uh, I set the tone, and between myself and the officers, we own the culture. Uh, so it's absolutely critical uh, that I start as the champion driver of change, set the example, um, and make all the decisions to align the organization, set the stage, and be successful and do everything sooner. And the, the executive team uh, drives the culture. Uh, they're doing some of the same things. They're dry. They're the champion of change. They're setting the examples. They're aligning their organizations. They're empowering their leadership team, uh, and they're clearing the path. Uh, all consistencies that uh, are inconsistencies to the vision we are shaping. Um, I think the the leadership academy was a great step forward. Steve really pushed up for that. Uh, we were able to use that as a vehicle to help the executive team uh, lead the company forward. 
you know, it was nice when we kicked it off. We had General Amos that was the first guest speaker. Uh, then we had Perry Stuckey from Eastman, Chief People Officer for Eastman. Uh, then we had Sin Marshall, uh, executive from AT&T and the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks uh, came in and talked with us and all, you know, all about driving the company forward to the next summit. So, and they did a great job. They, they developed uh, the stories too and the, the emphasis on Sooner um, and did a fantastic job. Ed, uh, a lot of other, we think, uh, a lot of other leaders are going to be watching this or those who advise leaders like Steve and I do, are going to be watching yeah. this. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so what were you thinking when you went into this and what did you think would happen? What was your, what was your hope and what was your fear going into it? And how did it, then, then how did it turn out downstream in terms for you, in terms of what you, what you were feeling? That's a little bit of a loaded question. <laughs> I think you know some of my thoughts. So my first thought was uh, prior to engaging with Bill and Steve uh, that I had a, a little bit of a bias towards consultants. You know, all kind of thought uh, the Lord team uh, was good enough to get it done on our own. And I had that a very strong bias in that direction. Uh, though talking with with some of the board directors, they they mentioned a few stories uh, where folks have helped them in the past, and I thought and I talked to Pat Finneran about that, and he's a great mentor for me, and he gave me some uh, comments on on Bill and Steve, and I and I learned I qu quickly thought through that shaping the future. Uh, was a great vehicle for Lord, the Lord culture, as it was. Uh, and also uh, that I needed to make that kind of an investment uh, to show how serious to the Lord team this was. Uh, yeah. This was not just another uh, consultant that comes in and three months later, you forget all about it. Uh, we were going to change the company, and we needed a vehicle to do that. Uh, so some advice would be to hire Bill and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what we're looking for, but thank you. I'm not sure if we're going to edit that or not. Yeah, yeah, we should that <laughs> That's where you start. I'd say uh, shaping the future is a very powerful tool process which I mentioned a little earlier, you know, I noticed that some commercials on television right now are using that shaping the future. You guys should have trademarked that, by the way. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, shaping the future and then mapping out and planning how to get there is really important. Mm -hmm. I'd say another thing I mentioned this a little bit ago, but as a CEO, uh, you, your job is all about being in the future. You were a good leader when we met you. And so <laughs> when we, you, you were, you were, you are, you were, and you are. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the idea of, um, and you'd grown up in that company. That, that as yeah. a matter matter of note, you you started in a company and grew all the way through with the same company, right? Yeah. And very, yeah. and very proud, and a very long, proud history 
uh, of Lord. And Lord is uh, how old is Lord Corporation? Or how old was it when it was sold? Uh, nine, Ninety-five years old. Yeah, and um, it's almost as I, old as me. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was with Lord for thirty-four years. Yeah, I benefited great like greatly by uh, working with a lot of great people, great leaders. Uh, be in every part of the company, uh, all around the world, uh, and that helped prepare me for uh, the role as CEO. But even even so, when when you're doing this, you got the board involved uh, as the as yeah. a leader, as a CEO. You, you're betting your company and your and your own future essentially on something that you haven't done before. And so, what kind of trepidation did you have about that? You know. Uh, actually, I, I had forgotten that you didn't like consultants when we met. I actually had forgotten that. <laughs> besides, besides that, besides uh, what, that. <laughs> what kind of what kind of trepidations did you uh, did you did you have, and uh, and then how did what did you think later? You, you know, that's a that's a good question because I really, uh, as we went through the process for Project Mercury, I had a lot of uh, confidence in it. And I thought we would be successful. Uh, I did not waver uh, and have any second thoughts. I th thought it was the right path forward for Lord. It was exactly what we needed. And I felt we would be successful. Uh, what I didn't realize, you know, and it's sometimes it's you don't know what you don't know. Um, and then you learn it as you go over time and things become more clear. Uh, like when we launched it, you know, I thought uh, the organization and the leaders we had in place were the the perfect fit for it. I, and I know you two, the both of you didn't, but I had this. I had to come to that realization, and I did. Uh, and then we made made changes. But you know, day one, you don't know what you don't know, and that's you know, another advice is to. And I say this a lot in a lot of different different circumstances. Is uh, never assume. Uh, never assume uh, you know the answer. Never make an assumption. Um, and when you do, it it usually turns out poorly. And so I try to be uh, patient sometimes. Um, but then when you when it's time to make a decision, you move full speed ahead. Thank you, Steve. Thanks very much, Ed. Uh, appreciate your time with us today. That's great. Uh, really it, enjoyed uh, it. I, I know for I speak for both uh, Bill and I when I say it was a pleasure having the opportunity to work with you and with Lord, and uh, very very uh, proud to be part of the great success the company had. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you again on behalf of Steve and I. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Bill and Steve. You guys are fantastic and. Uh, Looking forward to our next project together.